listeners, and welcome to the Rawcast. My name's James Price, here to take you through the Odyssey that is the Brisbane Royal Football Club. And sorry if I just got a bit loud then, I forgot to move the microphone into a better recording location. But that's where you get for your amateur football podcast that breaks all the important news around here. I am joined by two of my usual comrades, Mr. Ben Clark. How are we? Oh, you know. Assuming the position Assuming on Assuming the position, oh, absolutely. And um, uh, for, for a brief moment in the uh, on the weekend, I thought that we were going to be assuming the position and, uh, yeah, we turned around. How yeah, we did turn it around. We did turn it around quite nicely. And Mr. Yoshima, how are we? Hello, I am good. How are you? Ah, feeling all right. Have we got our photocopy of service today? Is it, you've got your ink cartridges in alignment. We've uh, done the fancy um, look that cleans what? the... Lens. Waste, waste, waste turner cartridge is empty. Um, oh, I do believe my drum kit needs a bit of a uh, going over, but uh, oh, we'll get into it. Yeah, well, we'll leave that up to the listeners' imaginations about your drum kit. It was, uh, let's get started with the A-League on the weekend, and it was Brisbane Raw 2, Mirza Muraktovich in the 68th minute. I uh, hope Mirza's mum was very happy, if she, hopefully she's at the stadium to see him score, but if not, at least sitting at home. And Captain Fantastic Tommy Aldrin in the 74th minute, banging one home with the big solid header in some Brexit ball classic stuff, beating Adelaide 1, Benny Holleran in the 58th minute. Absolute ton of us in that one. Uh, top, <laughs> top draw. Top draw. But... And we'll get on to that. 8,945 people in a, on a very wet afternoon. Brave souls. The brave souls on a very wet afternoon. They actually gave out, they actually on the day announced free tickets for kids, like just to try and obviously encourage people to come along. And yeah, anyway, I'm not sure many would have taken that. Yeah, quite a few yellow cards, as you'd expect, in the um, in the more hatred derby. It was uh, Jacob Pep in the 21st minute, drink. Uh, Michael Jakobsen in the 42nd, Bowles in the 62nd. As you starting to really get drunk now. Paul is on the 77th, Lowell's. Uh, Luis Dorigo in the 82nd, Hingert in the 85th, and Scotty McDonald, the 90 plus fifth, which I think was maybe abuse. I don't know. Couldn't quite work it out. Let's start. Ben, did you catch all this one? I did. You did? Yep. What did uh, you think? Uh, from from home, sadly enough, but yeah. uh, I did catch it. Um, just basically only got home as things were kicking off, so I mm. thought, why would I bother uh, adding on to the stadium? Um, so... Yeah, look, I've the first half was drab as fuck. Yeah, just like really bland, featureless Shit. football. <laughs> sorry, sorry, yeah, folks. Right. The illusion's gone now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it, it was. You're right. Like, the first half was pretty boring, and you know, I always like to just watch the KO mini before we record to um just refresh my memory of things. And it's one of those ones where there's like about a 25 minute skip in the action. I, it's just nothing happened. It belted down rain. Yeah, and just defences were on top for both teams. And yeah, and and like I, I definitely think that uh, you know we we were letting them sort of dictate it to an extent, though. Mm. Like, which I'd never like to see us do at home. Yeah, um, you know they were kind of dictating it in the first half, and then. Obviously, that continued into the first bit of the second. Um, you know, we we started to impose ourselves, and then we went down a goal. Yeah, that's. But like, you know, basically, it was like, you know, oh, like, you know, literally, Cosmina said on the broadcast, you know, um, oh, you know, Adelaide have really got to, you know, basically get a foothold in this game, and you know, they've really got to, you know. 
get their act together, and literally they went up and scored. Yeah. Yeah, actually, by the mind, because he's a commentator on our games, he's pretty impartial, which is good. So yeah, he, he's impartial, time. especially, you know, because, I mean, Adelaide, you know, you'd think mm. he wouldn't necessarily be. That might be the only one where he might have a bit of a biased vested interest. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's actually a neutral commentator, which is, you know, really mm. refreshing to see. Because um, I think he was, he was honest about the first half in that he sort of was like, it was like a, you know, the classic line is it, it was a points you know, a points victory for Adelaide to use, like, boxing parlance. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, they, they were the better team. They edged it. They edged know, it. But, but, I mean, they, they, it wasn't like Jamie they, Young. And it's, like, Jamie Young wasn't forcing any great saves or anything like that. And, uh, and, and, and it was, you know... It, it seems to have two half chances. It was, it was an even sort of contest. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they just shaded it, like you say, on points. Yeah. But, yeah. Definitely a quiet, definitely a quieter night for Jamie. Not a, not as much. Um, not, yeah. Not as much well, I mean, do. there's a there's a talking point, and we'll get onto it right now. In that, I don't have in the run sheet for the first time in many weeks, and I don't think he had a save of the week nomination this week for the first yeah. time in many weeks. In that, it was actually a sign that we played pretty well, especially defensively. In that, you know what, we didn't rely on Jamie. Tested. He wasn't yeah. tested, and in reality, he gets beaten by an absolute, you know, screamer screamer from outside the box, which is, and that's the only way Adelaide. Looked like really scoring. They had a couple other chances that had been on target would have tested him, but they didn't. And that'll happen in football games. And we yeah. certainly put a couple wide as well. So oh, for sure. And and you know, and I think that that Halloran Thunderbass, which we'll get onto now. Yeah, I think that that was you know Halloran basically ran from you know basically. He ran 20 yards to get that ball to leather it basically on the almost half volley once it, you know, once it mm. broke from the, so it broke from the set piece. Yeah, broke right from the set piece. The yeah, short and he yeah. basically was running onto it from a you know, fair distance. Yeah. And there was two close Brisbane Royal players, one of which I think was Joe O'Shea, um, who just didn't want to get there enough. Yeah. Um, just didn't, didn't want enough and, and he did it. And, down and, and, and and the defender, the defenders are staying in the box, just thinking, oh, "Okay, well, you know, we're just going to stay here until it's cleared." You know, it's not really something that they should have been doing because, you know, it was clearly going to the area that Joe Shea was in. He just didn't. Yeah, Halloran wanted it more. He won the ball and he just fucking leathered it <laughs> and, uh, you know, put it in the bottom corner. Yeah, and yeah, it was an arrow. Like it was. Yeah, no, no keeper was going to stop that one. So, no. gotta say, good eye from Haller as well because literally, I'm just watching it over and over again right now. And like little tiny ricochet off a raw player runs in like a fucking Frank train and just, boosh, yeah, just like absolutely. If, if, if you're if you're literally getting upset with your defense and goalkeeper for that, well, you're you're hard, you're tough to play. No, that's it. And I don't think any of us are. And and look, the the blame is laid on the people that should have been. Beating Haller into that ball. Yeah. yeah. You know, once it once it is once it's cleared in that second phase, you should be getting out to either uh, block that if, from a defensive point of view, or you should be getting you, you should be winning that ball. And I think the guys that would would have blocked it assumed that the ball yeah. would be won because that it was there was two against one, and you know it was there to be won for those players. Like that, you know, they should have by rights won that ball. So yeah, I, I don't think that you can really lay too much blame on anybody. No. But, uh, yeah, it's it certainly, was Joe O'Shea out there. Yeah, and it's certainly at least 
uh, at least sparked us. It certainly was his part of the pitch anyway. Yeah. Uh, it certainly sparked us into action, though, and obviously we responded. It yeah, took us 10 minutes to respond, and, and our best patch of the game happens, you know, for that 15, 20 minutes after they score. Hmm. Yeah, we certainly, that was our best patch of the game, and uh, everyone's been talking about Scotty McDonald's um, in this heart. In this, I must admit, he obviously... He came on and he had, he yeah. had a very positive impact. Yeah, and uh, he, I think he sets up... I mean, we can talk about the scramble for Merz's goal, uh, you know, because there's obviously about four different things happen in this phase of play oh, between him. Yeah, you know, and it, it starts with a great run by Scotty McDonald down the side, and the shots a goal of you know really sharp sort of tight angle, but defended well. And then second shot comes in, and it sort of gets blocked and cleared off the line by a hand uh, from clearly a, clearly a handball, and and comes out to someone else who I think Corey Brown comes flying in somewhere in that and yeah. ends up ends up on the floor. I think he knocked, almost knocked, knocked, on on, post. knocked on the post. So, yeah, someone else has a shot. And then, and, and, then, then and there's another handball in there. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. Another handball in there. And then, and, uh, and then actually, and I think, yeah, I think it, and then it finally, <laughs> it sort of just pops out to Merzer and he just slams it sort yeah, of home and just, yeah. pops it home. And I'm going to define Merzer's goal by a simple phrase, which is a ridiculous phrase to say in the A-League now because of VAR, but always play the referee's whistle. And so yeah. did. He just kept watching, yeah. kept watching. And, and look, and I, the only thing that shocks me about this goal, and I'm sorry to have to drag it back to VAR, oh, man. is... Make it short. I'm very... I'm to tonight. Yeah, I love, I love it. I, to. I dip the toes in the sand. You literally get the entire... <laughs> you get the entire ass. I, 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 I am going to do that. Because would it have benefited us more to have the guy that blocked the fucking ball on the line sent off red card and did then get a penalty. Or uh, I think he would have got the same punishment as Scott Neville, which would have been a yard. Because that otherwise that's the double jeopardy penalty red card. So I don't think he gets a straight red. I think he gets a yard. But if you're basically saving it on the line yeah, with your hand, which is what he did. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Know, yeah like, I mean it, it would be borderline yellow red. Yeah, like I, I would have thought that would have been a red card. I mean, you, you, you. I'm you just know, going you, back to what we, what I learned about from last week's with that Scotty Neville's and that blocking yeah. a shot on target is yellow, apparently. Yeah, but blocking it actually on the goal line with no goalkeeper mm-hmm. behind you. Yeah, I think that's a different <laughs> and that was, story. And that was the weird thing in the stands. Also, like you saw, like you know, because you saw the handball pretty clearly, like even from like oh, up in the dead end, it was at the far end. You're like. That's a handball, and because yeah, because it, it's not even like you can argue that it wasn't in a natural like that it was in a natural position. There's no way. But should, my, yeah, should he at least still get the yellow or the card from it, like, even though we like, score? And it's like you, you, weird, you but, would think so because the infringement happens because the game doesn't stop. It doesn't get expunged. The hmm. offence doesn't get expunged just because you know you played advantage. Yeah, and we scored right. essentially, like. Because that's essentially what happened. Like, if we didn't score in that play, it would have almost certainly been called back for penalty, more than likely either a yellow or a red. Yeah. You know, and, you know, so... He gets us... For Adelaide, it's almost like, in the end, you know you're going to get seen and if they don't lose a player, then we get a card for it. It's actually a win yeah, for them. Yeah, exactly. no, I get like, It's mean. actually a win. So, like, it's one of those things where it's... Even without the AR, it's still Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a sliding doors sort of moment, just thinking, you know... Now that we have VAR, you know, has it impacted? Because I know that in previous seasons, I've seen those where you're like, oh, it's they're going to absolutely score, mm. but they pull it back for the penalty in the red card. Yeah, that's it. Because 
strategically, you know, that's the bigger advantage. Like for the rest of the game, you know, like we saw in the Perth Grand Final when Hef got sent off, you know, mm. they could have, you know, basically like we were on the break when Hef got sent off. Yeah. Like we were going on to score. But they knew that getting a man sent off at that point in the game. Mm, yeah, you know, so it's it's been, this this argument's been around for a while, and I think this is the clearest cut sort of VAR related one that we've had. Where he um, where he probably in, like, leaves it all, anyway. Where he where he probably where the referee probably leaves it because he's like, well, I'm not 100 percent sure. Maybe it was blocked. There was a lot of people noise. Maybe yeah. his vision was blocked at the time, yeah. and he's just like, I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, I'll pick it up if you need to. In the end, we slam it home, and he's like, oh, that's good. And, yeah. yeah, I know. It's, it's weird, isn't it? But anyway, big congratulations, Mizzo. That's his first goal for us, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, so, it is. Yeah, no, both, both and, uh, goal scorers today, uh, you know, on uh, on Saturday were uh, debut time, you know, yeah. debut goals. Yeah, and uh, I, all I can imagine was Happy Mirza's mum. So, uh, oh, yes. oh, yeah. yeah. So, and the second one, of course, and it only happened uh, a good four, five minutes, uh, what, six minutes later, five minutes later, Tommy Aldred at the back post. Uh, in what? You know, was a real bit of set piece, a Brexit ball brilliance. Uh, it was yeah. the Celtic man. It's a bit of Scottish football. A Celtic man to the to the Motherwell man, <laughs> if you want to go that way. So you know, it's a lovely little dink ball to the back post, and uh, you know, and and, and and Tommy Aldridge just coming in absolutely yeah. beating yeah. that header. Like he just, it was like there was no defenders there at all. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. They, and there was two. And there was two, <laughs> and another one trying to clear it off the line who had no chance to try yeah. and save it as well. So yeah. absolutely thundering header. So that's what you want from your centre back, Nate, isn't it? It is. I, I just want to say two, four words. Sorry, two words is not right. Four words. Fuck off, Paul Zoe. Fucking <laughs> He did not look happy about that at all. No, no. And I can't remember if this was after Paul Izzo's, uh big brain fade where he nearly let Macaulay Gillespie score as well. Actually, that was... No, that was first half because I was in the front of the den. Because yeah, uh, Gillespie had a fucking Luke De Vere-style wander upfield and absolutely fucking... You know, he doesn't mind a leather, does he? Um, oh, Gillespie yeah, from well, far. Well we, well, we saw that, you know, he's got quite a few crackers, actually. If you look at his... YouTube, uh, mm. you know, career highlights. He's, he's, he's got a couple actually. So, including the the final piece of a like thirty something pass move for Carlisle, um, which was interesting to see him on the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, because that's know, a, you get thirty pass move and you send it back on the end of it scoring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's classic Carlisle football, isn't it, mate? Uh, yeah, hundred percent. That's what I Castle uh, Castle Lona. Carlo Lone. Carlo That's entertaining more than I thought it should. <laughs> um, so yeah. It. Yeah. It's a, uh, and uh, I mean, I, I'm sort of struggling for other moments in this game, really, apart from, yeah, Paul Ozo screwing up. Uh, Mohamed Tarot, though, came on. He's a large boy. How the hell is he 15? He's a, he's it was a huge. Huge. And he's, built, and he's built like that's more to the point. He is fucking, you know, yeah, like, he is. Like, he's not one of these lean sort of, you know, you know, yeah, he's not one of these lean boys. He's, he's got thick shoulders. He's mm. basically a battering ram of a striker, and he's 15. Like, you know, <laughs> sign this block up. But so, like, might be, might be speaking a little bit early here. Let's sign him up for the fucking Socceroos <laughs> right now. Yeah, get, get him, him on the plane. Get, get him, him on the plane, honey. Get, get him on the commit because fucking, like, that yeah. kid in 10 minutes on the pitch showed something 
He, he, he might, he's, he's going to be around for a while. Jack Hingott's nightmares because he turned him inside. He sort of oh, bullied him off the ball with yeah. one and turned him inside out. And, but then pace as well. Like the oh, pace so and much pace. Like, yeah, oh. You just go, yeah. yeah. Um, you go, yeah, can we please see more of him? And I don't doubt that that will be uh, mm. in the future once uh, they get rid of uh, Christian Opseth. That's actually another point I wanted to make. Yeah. Christian Opseth's uh, touch in the box. Oh, I can't remember this one. You're gonna to have to. <laughs> he basically, oh, he basically on. tripped over his that's own right, feet. He did too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he, he, was, um, he was an absolute donkey, and I mean, he has been since he signed. But yeah. you know, it, you know, when when a guy like that is getting game time ahead of a guy like Touré, obviously, you understand that he's 15 and it's mm. his first game. Blah blah blah. But that should not be the case for long. And you know, I think this is going to be the benefit of having these like slightly, you know, in inverted commas, thinner squads, is you're going to see guys like this get, get given chances and take them with both hands like Muhammad did here. And, 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 and obviously following in his footsteps, his older brother. Well, that's absolutely right. Yeah. So, Do you think in overall that we that we deserve the win in this one? Yeah, I think so. I'd say so. From the effort we put in um, after Halloran's funder bastard, I'd say it's, so. Because realistically, what did Adelaide create in this game? That, and that's it. Like towards the end of the game, like you saw them have some possession, but even with Toure sort of inspiring a bit, they didn't. But, once again, it comes back to it. They, there was sort of one okay save that Jamie Young had to make, but it was pretty regulation. Yeah, like, pretty regulation. You know, you know I mean, Paul Izzo would have stuffed it up, but Jamie Young, and it was just regulation easy for him. Yeah. So it, that's it. Like this was a, probably a good regulation two one win at home. Yeah, just a, just only maybe disappointed that we took. You know, we went had to go behind before we kicked yeah, on. Really, really started. Looking sharp in that attacking third. Yeah. There was yeah. nothing in this game to make me think, oh, for fuck's sake, it, it's all going to shit. It was just that one moment Halloran scored where I then went, ah, oh, come on, is here, it, here is we it go. Again. Be one of these, but, yeah. Yeah. That's it. And that was a fear, but we turned around pretty quickly. And uh, at least there's one thing that we know is that we, we know we can go behind and score goals and, uh, and pressure the opposition. So, yeah. Um, 100%. Yeah. Like, I, uh, yeah. And, the other question from this game is, will Marty Holloway ever score? Because he had another chance. It was like yeah. almost exactly the same as the Sydney one, and he did exactly the same thing and spooned it over the bar. Because I mean, yeah. uh, to be fair, he has actually scored. I mean, it was like yeah. off his thigh from three centimetres out. Like Robbie Cornthwaite scored from yeah. further out than he did. But <laughs> <laughs> it's, I don't know, it's it's, it's kind of been weighing it down on his mind a little bit, surely. Yeah, at this point it does. And, I mean, you know, get him in there against fucking, you know, Whatever dog shit team we play next. Well, cue um, cue a uh, yellow card booking for AAH when he uh, does get his first goal though, because he will definitely have no shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> what I did like about this uh, game was both sides got four yellow cards, therefore missing the uh, five yellow card penalty. Anyway, that leaves us currently on the table. We have played sixteen, won six, drawn four, lost six. So a nice little bit of symmetry happening there. Uh, 19, 18 goals for twenty one against twenty two points on the board, and we're up to sixth. We're in the yeah. finals. Stop the season. We want to get off. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that leads us very nicely because the team that we displaced in this one, you, you, we want to, okay, all right. Uh, the team that we displaced in this one was Western United uh, who were on the bye and their previous game was actually the nil-nil uh, versus Newcastle where they were pummeled. Oh, uh, Like 28 shots to or two or something like no, that. No, it was one. Or one. Was it one? Because they went an entire half without a shot, yeah. let alone a shot on target. Yeah. Right? 
and that is a that's an A League record. There's never been a half where a team didn't have a shot, and that's just that's actually quite incredible, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Andy Howe gave me. Andy Howe was like, "Wow, you know." Mm. Yeah, just nearly breaking the records. So, yeah, we go and play West United. Currently, uh, so we just displaced out of sixth place, currently in seventh place. So, played 16, won six, drawn three, lost seven, 23 goals, 21 against 21 points on ladder. Seventh position. Do you like where this one's being played? We're off to Mars. Off to Mars. Stadium in Ballarat. Which is basically Mars. Yeah, basically. Yeah. You know, there's not much difference. Not much well, pretty, 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 pretty sure. According, according to what I know of Mars... Um, apparently there's just going to be very attractive people. The Os Mutante song, Armenia is going to be playing um, and there's going to be like diving boards and like zero gravity. So I, I think it'll be entertaining at the very least. Yeah, and, and, it's, and it's similarities to the actual Mars itself. Like like Mars, it will take you about 10, 15 minutes to get a reception back, <laughs> communication back from phone reception. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so this this, this one is Ballarat as part of Western United's touring roadshow. Sunday afternoon, 16th of February, 3 p.m. kickoff. That time slot's going to be a common one over the next uh, couple as well. Uh, and I'm talking about this weekend. So as all three of our teams, but at basically the same time. Thanks, FFA Scheduling, slash in Football Queensland Scheduling. And, uh, football, uh, Raw fans in Melbourne, of course, uh, are, are transiting up there. I think the V-Line is uh, on strike at the moment, so that should make it fun for them. <laughs> so, and the Christ. pub that they're doing for the away day is a good solid 25-minute walk from the venue. Uh, that's a... Yeah. <laughs> It's really, it's really making me wish I was there, Pricey. Oh, I, I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm really sad that I'll be so well, busy. What about when I remind you that this is at an AFL stadium and uh, the away bay is on the hill at the far end? Look, oh, my God, I'm devastated. <laughs> See, I, I was actually going to say earlier, as much as we're shitting on Mars Stadium Ballarat, I was actually intrigued to go to this game because I was thinking, mm. hey, Ballarat, somewhere different. Yeah. Haven't had a game yet. But and then you were like, Oh wait! It's on a Sunday at three p.m. Yeah, it's in Ballarat in the middle of fucking summer. Yeah, um, and, and now hearing these additional things, like it would be a twenty-five minute walk from beer to next beer, and then yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they can. I assume they've picked about the second closest pub to the thing. There's literally like a sports club that's in you know part of the stadium, but yeah, yeah it's uh, not that enticing. But West United, they haven't been that great. In recent weeks, uh, things have been falling apart since uh, Scotty McDonald jumped off. Has jumped off. Uh, now the question, the big question is, are they going to have the same graphic shown for the uh, free T-shirt? <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing if they're still using the Scott McDonald. We help win a free T-shirt. Uh, importantly, Please. he can't play. Ben. Yeah, I, I found that interesting, and I also found the um, you know the whole because obviously when you sell a player and then you immediately play against that team that you sold them to. Mm. You know, we are having that situation twice in a row, but in reverse. So I find it very interesting that Western United, you know, clearly went, okay, it's definitely on us that you've been underperforming. We're going to write this into your contract that you can't play against us when yeah. you uh, come back. So to avoid any revenge game situation. So this is really interesting. So Laurie McKinnon, and you probably wouldn't have got around this, but Laurie McKinnon is on the Fox Football podcast. Yeah. And he said that we tried to put in the same clause for Roy O'Donovan going to Newcastle. Yeah. And he got it swiped out of the clause at like 10 p.m. on transfer deadline night. Right. Yeah. So it was one of the last things. And obviously Mork didn't have that clause either. Well, yeah. And that's the, that's the point I was going to yeah. make is that, 
Stephen Walk, we didn't mention him because he played like shit, like he did for us. So we probably thought, oh, if they're going to use him against us, that's not going to really help them. <laughs> yeah, this is true. He had one okay moment, but yeah, he didn't do much with it. So no. I think he had one shot. He's booted up the bar. So yeah, I know it's a, it's a really interesting one. So I don't know yeah, if we've just had one pull over our pull over us, and then we've tried to pull that same trick over Adelaide and Newcastle, and they've gone, uh, no. no this, <laughs> this clause, though, if obviously he can't play on Sunday, is it just a one-game clause, or is this a um, season I reckon it'd be the rest of the season. Because I'm wondering, say we somehow yeah, magically play Western United in uh, the finals. I don't think that it would stretch that far. I would imagine that it's going to be either a one-game thing or a regular season thing, it wouldn't be fine. I think this sure. is our... I think we only played these guys twice, so this is our second game. We've already played them up here, so... Yeah. yeah. I don't know, you're right. It would be interesting, and at the moment, it's 6 v 7. Like, we're fighting for that seventh spot, so... Yeah. Seventh spot, sorry. No, we're fighting for the sixth spot, James. The sixth spot. Oh, yeah, no, no, you've forgotten. We're fighting for... What is it? We're fighting for 10th and 11th. <laughs> we want that fucking... FFA Cup annual fixture. That's yeah, yeah, we want, we, want to bring, we want to bring that even more forward. Yeah, we want to bring our annual FFA Cup game forward. That will about do us talking about the A-League. Let's just go have a quick little break and come back afterwards. We'll talk some W-League and some news and some other things as well. Hey guys, this is Scott McCormick here. Um, I thought I'd just jump on and give my opinion on players that we possibly could sign. We've got, we've got, I've got a few free agents here that possibly we could sign. We've got Mats Branovic, which is 31, centre-back, obviously played for Perth Gory last. Hasn't been playing for this season for whatever reason. He looked like he was having a really good time putting his feet up by a pool with a, with a drink in his hand the other day. So whether or not he wants to come back to play football or not, who knows. But we've also got Nathan Burns, former Golden Boot winner. He could play at top and then he could play out on the wing as well. 31 years old, used to play football and finish his last club. Possibly could be someone that we could bring into the team to score some goals and help create some chances as well. We've also got that Dario Vidicic, which has also been linked. And also maybe Bernie Beanie's seen that his transfer fell through when he was trying to go to Iran, where he failed his medical. So a bit weird there. And also, you guys haven't talked about the stadium yet. I don't know if you guys recorded this before, but what are your guys' thoughts on possible stadium move for a boutique stadium? I'm hoping either Spencer Park or possibly Perry Park or Bellingwood, but it doesn't look like those two will happen. Welcome back. Thanks to uh, Scotty McCormick there. If you want stadium chat, Scotty, have we got some stadium chat coming up for you, my good friend. Uh, plenty of that coming up later in the news section. So the news did drop the day after recorded, just for clarity there. So in between is getting the episode out and recording and getting the episode out. But you did mention a couple of names there. So let's just cover off on them quickly. Mats Baranovic. He's a weird one. Uh, like he had so much promise and yet he was pretty good for Perth last year and then just like... Uh, I don't want to play for you guys anymore. And I don't want to play. Yet yeah, anymore. you just. They, I think there's an like a sort of an attitude thing. I think it's a like. I think it's, a, I think it's kind of a bit of a Viduka. Yeah, just style thing of just being like. Yeah, but he never reached the heights of Viduka. No, 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 but I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. He hasn't got to the heights of it, but that kind of Mark Viduka type attitude, attitude. where yeah. the goods are there. He plays okay, but just. I tell you what, and like if he was in AFL, he would have signed like a five year deal, and it, and he would like after two years, he would have like just um, mental healthed it out, I think, and just not wants the doesn't want the pressure, and yeah, I say I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play again. Yeah, yeah, like you said, like Mark Viduka, just sort of like, load off, 
you know, th- it was because Vanuka was like 33, 34 when he retired. Yeah, like, no, you know, he signed that long contract like with Newcastle. Was, mm. And um, basically, as soon as that contract was up with Newcastle, it was like, yeah, no, fuck it, I'm, I'm done. Yeah, I'm just going to float around the creation. Are you going to officially retire, Dukes? Nah, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, no, look, he, yeah. he might, he might uh, come out of retirement for a uh, Leeds United Victoria game at some point. <laughs> Mark Paduka is the honorary Leeds United Victoria um uh, present, even though he's basically, I think he's, he's he had, honestly, but took such a low key profile to an mm. ex soccer, literally um, just dropped off the map. Just he, I think his kids still played a bit for Melbourne Knights, like you know, he does have a stand named after him because they literally built it after they sold him with the money with the proceeds. <laughs> right. uh, Nathan Burns, Nathan Burns, I'm gonna put Nathan Burns and probably Dario Vitisic. I mean, all the other three actually, they're all sort of attacking, none of them are an out and out striker. But they're all sort of attacking midfield minor players. Bernie Bini is more about pace. Burns and Badu- uh, Vituka, Vitisic to me are <laughs> they're sort of similar to players, I would yeah. say. It's yeah, I don't know. And Nathan Burns has really struggled the last couple of times he's been in the league. After he had that a great season for Wellington and then left. I mean, it's it's been pretty dire times for him in many ways. Uh-huh. So and same with yeah, Vittario. Oh, look, maybe. I mean, I wouldn't say no to Dario Vitisic coming no, back. Take him back. It's great piece of look, trivia. He was our golden boot winner in season two of the Look, look as, a, as a squatty, yeah. you know, I'd, I'd take him, but Jesus. I don't think, know if either of those guys are on squatty money, and that's the problem. Like, yeah. like, yeah, they could be an interesting option to rotate throughout forward line, but I have a yeah. feeling the money we have to pay for any either of them. Maybe Burns is cheap these days, I don't know. Yeah, but, you, but you have to wonder, don't you, you know, why, why is he been cut loose mm. from India, you know, why is he kind of had the career that he's had to, you know, you kind of got to ask that question to a certain extent, like, you know. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway, appreciate it. Like I said, definitely lots of stadium chat coming up. We, have a, we got you cut. We got you cut. We got you cut. W League, the W League's back, baby. That's right. And it is uh, Brisbane Raw head over to Perth. Gloria to the infamous Dorian Gardens. I feel like everything happens at Dorian Gardens in Perth because it's the only thing that's vaguely decent outside of playing at NIB. And Sorry, 750 no, no, people to Yeah. So it is Perth Glory right now. Double check your calendars because this one has been pushed back and it's been pushed back right into the time slot when the MPL and the A-League team are playing. So these guys, the, the women kick off at 2.30pm Brisbane time on Sunday afternoon. Perth Glory at the moment, uh, as I sort of I have mentioned in previous shows, Currently, they had their first win in their last outing over Newcastle, but they've played 9-1-1, drawn two, lost six, 11 goals, four, 18 against, five points on the board. Uh, eighth position, uh, bit of a Kim Carroll derby. Are you expecting yeah. us to get the three points despite our yes. departures? Yes. Yes. I absolutely Yes. Definitely. Not, I would not completely say definitely, but almost definitely, yes. Yeah. No, I would say definitely. Yeah, that's it. It's It should be a pretty routine win. Perth Glory have not been very great. Look, a couple of handy players there, but uh, certainly not the force they are without Sam Kerr and Co. there this season. But that does lead us probably nicely into talking about the run home for each team. And I promised this last week, but then you know some bloke decided he wanted to be interviewed on the show, some nobody, but then we just you know made him feel happy and improved his ego. So I pushed it back to this week. The run home, it's up there for us to have a look at. It's it's interesting to say. I'm just actually gonna make that a bit bigger. A little bit easier to see, hopefully. So we're, at the moment, we've got Western Sydney Wanderers on 19 points and Sydney on 19 points. They play each other this week in a big Sydney derby, officially Wanderers at home. 
no, sorry, Sydney FC are at home against Wanderers. Uh, Wanderers then play City at home and then Perth away. So I think you'd probably expect them to beat Perth, and so that would definitely be three points. That would take them to 22. Uh, well, actually, sorry, I should list all three teams, and then we'll talk about maybe what sort of points. So they're both in 19, which is the two Sydney teams. Melbourne Victory on 17 points. Brisbane Raw, we're on 14 points. So we're, we're one full game behind Melbourne Victory and three goal difference. And so if we look through, Sydney, you've got Western Sydney Wanderers at home, Perth at home, and then Melbourne Victory away 10 seasons. So that's a very important game in this run-in home. I haven't included City in this because they're clearly running away with the league. Melbourne Victory, have got Melbourne City at home in the Melbourne Derby this week. Newcastle away, Sydney at home. We, Brisbane Raw, have Perth away, Canberra home, City away, which is a problem if we need points in the final round. So looking through this, I probably, you can easily comfortably probably give Western Sydney Wanderers three points there. They will probably be Perth away from home in the final round, which we've taken at 22. And so three out of these four go through just for clarity. And uh, us being already five points behind, uh, if they get another win, it's unlikely we're going to catch up to them. So that would probably take them out of the way. Sydney FC, similar. They'll definitely beat Perth at home. They're a pretty good chance to beat Wanderers this weekend and a pretty good chance to beat Melbourne Victory away. But uh, now that they've lost uh, Legazzo and Ford. and Ford, that will make that trickier. Melbourne Victory, I think, are the ones more importantly look at here. City at home this week, as much as that matters in the W League. Newcastle away, you expect them to pick up three points there, which would take them up to 20, so two games away from us, and Sydney at home to them in the final round. So you probably give them at least three, and maybe they could snag a point against City or Sydney. I don't know what you think. I mean, I don't want to know if you want to reveal your tips so far. Oh, God, just looking at this right now, it, it li- is literally like looking down um, the rabbit hole and just thinking, how the hell do we get... Yeah. It, there's, it, this shows, obviously, how congested um, the points are, but also then how like how few teams there are in the W League just all playing each other. Yeah. So close. I Yeah. 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 So I uh, Melbourne Victory at least get to 20 points. Brisbane Raw, look, we've got Perth away. As we just said, should probably win that. We should definitely probably beat Canberra at home. Yeah. Even yeah. without. But then City away on the final day, I, I don't think we can expect to get any points out of that because Melbourne City look very, very good. So, look, you know, what you'd be looking at here is guarantee of either Wanderers or Sydney ending up on at least 20, you know. 25. Uh, well, tw- yeah, 23 or 25 because, yeah. you know, if they draw with each other and then they, you know, mm. you know lose the They've both got Perth. They probably should do that, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you're pretty much taking both of them out of the reckoning mm. as far as us catching them. Yeah. Um, because yeah, essentially because they've both got Perth, and that's yeah. a that's a banker. So it's it's basically victory and Brisbane. They've got one banker, Newcastle away, and we've got essentially I would consider two. Two. Yeah. So that brings us level on points, and it's basically whether you know we can do the business against City away and get a point or maybe even a win on the final day City might be resting players you know potentially mm-hmm. um, and then victory Good they've move. got City and Sydney both at home you know if they can pull something out against one of them Tash Dowie Dowie show then it's always a chance then you know it really puts the pressure on mm-hmm. us to do that on the final day to overcome them so mm-hmm. yeah it's uh, it's going to be interesting and it's really setting up to be, you know, some kind of derby 
finals series if we don't make it. Yeah, if we don't make it, it could literally be a Melbourne Derby, New Sydney Derby. In the semifinals. In the semifinals. So that's reasonably likely. Wanderers are the interesting one. You feel like their confidence got stripped out of them, although... By that loss to us. By that loss to us. They've just been a downward spiral, but they've now had a chance to rest that. I mean, they lost another player, but obviously some of the Americans come back and uh, maybe they can arrest it. But if they lost to Sydney and lost to City and still are 19 and we won our two, we'd actually be ahead of them on the final day Yeah, going into it. Now, admittedly, we would be away at City and they'd be away at Perth. But if the pressure's on and they're all of a sudden, that would be like a five-game losing streak or something like that that they're on. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if Perth, you don't want to be going away to Perth on the final day, really, to... No, so, no you really don't. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's going to be interesting to watch. At the moment, I foresee it at best maybe coming down to... We, us and Victory both end up on 20 points and goal difference could be the deciding factor and Victory have got us by three at the moment. So we need to turn really have to, We'd really have to, you know... Get our scoring boots on. Well, just get rid of Perth. Yeah. yeah Real hard. Yeah, or hope maybe Melbourne City or Sydney rack up a cricket's uh, rugby score against them. Yeah. Any more on that? Uh, I just don't see us making it, honestly. I'm looking at this... Like the key games, um, Sydney. I no. I I can see Sydney winning a game. I can see Melbourne Victory winning a game. I can see Western Sydney Wanderers winning a game, and that leaves us having to get two wins. And yeah, at least it, it requires it requires at least probably getting a point away at Sydney in the final round. Our only I think our main hope is them resting players, but I think because we just had such a long break. Maybe, maybe Matilda's or two might get rested, but honestly, I think I think the biggest hope for us is that somehow um, I can't see Western Sydney Wanderers staying on this absolute tank forever. Um, my big thing is with Sydney losing those couple of players that they actually um, start the tank. Um, that's my hope because but even then, if Sydney get a win against Perth, yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's no, a reason why I don't. I don't, I don't think Sydney are going to lose at home to Perth. They've still got too much quality in their team. Perth There's a reason I'm not saying so much here, folks. Yeah. But um, look, let's okay. Here's the thing. Let's hope for once all my fucking draws in the W League actually <laughs> actually become. Well, great. that's it. I mean, that's some draws would certainly help. That would uh, take a take a point out of the system as such. So, yeah. Anyway, absolutely good to cover off on across some of that. Right, Ben's just stopped out for a second, so you still got me and the Yeshiva here. Let's talk some NPL for a minute. Uh, got, not, <laughs> got a lot of NPL. Yeah, a lot of NPL, a lot of NPL. Uh, apologies for forgetting that they've actually started on um, the weekend. They've been bits like of getting their drawers out. So, however, with the rain, no one played anyway. So it was a washout between, we're meant to play the Sunshine Coast Wanderers uh, up there at the back of the Sunshine Coast, Budrum Way, I believe this is what the Wanderers are, and... Yeah, nil all. So we are currently sitting in, well, there's only one game happened. So let's not even bother talking about the latter. Actually, the one game that did happen was Peninsula Power game went ahead and they beat the Mackaywood Sunday Magpies Crusaders United. Uh, just a lazy 8-1. Oh, that's nothing. That's that nothing? absolutely nothing. Yeah. Fair to say some great fears around the uh, Magpiewood Sunday's uh, Mackaywood, sorry, Mac- apologies for getting the name wrong. Mackaywood Sunday's Magpies Crusaders United team in the NPL this year's season. Uh, some the big fears they will probably be relegated. So uh, Peninsula Power looking pretty strong as one of the t- best teams in the competition. So our next game is due, I don't 
know if that's been scheduled to be replayed. One or two NPL games try to be replayed. There's an automatic thing where they meant to happen on Tuesday. I don't think ours was in that category. So uh, this stage, our next game is Brisbane Raw at home on Sunday afternoon. Uh, it's a bit of a theme. All 2 p.m., 3 p.m. kickoffs between all three teams this weekend at the same time. Isn't it great when that happens? For a bit of scheduling, so Brisbane will be Kapala Bar. So uh, I think that's recently promoted Kapala Bar up at this ad at Logan Metro, who have currently played zero, <laughs> one zero, and drawn zero. But Dave will be happy to play for Kapala Bar playing raw. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be great when uh, when it's at Kapala Bar, nice and close to his. Now let's move on to some news. Now this is an area that I know is right up your wheelhouse. Oh, it's right up my alley. Although I've never heard the word wheelhouse before, but it is <laughs> up my alley. Yeah, it's like literally a full long. Double-decker car. Really yeah, my alley. absolutely. So this dropped uh, just after we recorded last weekend. Uh, our inferior chairman, Mr. Chris Fong, talking to his favourite uh, journalist at the World Game, Dave Lewis, about a new stadium. Woo! Yeah, exciting stuff. So here's just some of the quotes from it. And we, we might talk about a couple of different locations, where it could be and stuff like that. So this is just from the World Game article for the moment. They quoted, near CBD location. Six, only a 60 million cost for a 12,000 to 17,000 seater. So I think it's, it'll look a bit more like a Red Cliff Stadium than uh, anything too fancy, but hopefully with a bit more uh, uh, protection over the seats than Red Cliff. Look, look, a, um, a tarp from Bunnings would be more. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yes, that's it. Uh, a site with existing viable transport links and infrastructure, taking an existing sporting venue and reconfiguring it. Interesting. Proposed venue was not one of the usual suspects. So those of you that are pining for the days of ba- oh, to stand on the Ballymore Hill and support the Brisbane Raw, this is probably not your cause, nor is uh, Perry Park. I think Perry Park needs a lot of money to fix up. There's a lot of drainage issues and stuff like that. So where do we start with all this? Where do we start? Well, we start with some stadiums that you've been able to source from a particular little area. You've- yeah, well, so do you, want to, so do you want to start with the Regari, Bossy sort of ones, those ones, these ones, the, the or do you want to start with the other... Well, we'll go, we'll go with the things in there. So CBD location, site with existing viable transport links. Yeah. That, that to me, I am – there's stadiums that they could use, but I'm not entirely – it's not. It's definitely not going to be a usual suspect, but I'm a little <coughs> bit worried about some of the stadiums that we're going to pop into in yeah. a second. So I'll, I'll just cover this. So Regari Boss in the Sydney Morning Herald you know, reported a number of uh, locations being explored. So let's jump through the ones that they listed. Uh, the first one is the old outdoor velodrome at Chandler. Well, for starters, that breaks two of the rules. That is not <laughs> near the CBD. No, that is not. At least to me. <laughs> and, I used to, and I used to live that way. That's not near the CBD. And um, if you were outside the Brisbane City Council um, area, you are not in. No, you are not that's near the CBD. That's definitely. I'm pretty basic. sure you took into overbing in the Redlands region by then. I think that's definitely Redlands. Um, and also that it hasn't. That does not have existing public transport options. That means the eastern busway would need to be extended a hell of a long way. Yeah. Um, a hell of a long way. So no, I'm. I, as much as I'd love to see that velodrome turned into a football venue, it will be quite interesting and cool to see. Just don't think that one's going to happen. Um, and it still does get used as well. Like even though the, obviously the brand new velodrome got built by the Animeers one, which was used for the Com Games, it's it still does get used. I, I yeah. think by the groups and there's obviously there's also the uh, BMXy track thing there. Like it's a whole complex of 
stuff. So it seems weird to sort of tear up that one little bit of it. And like last time I checked, it was used for outdoor training, and it, I think it last time I checked, it had um, maybe it had cycling Queensland and maybe a weightlifting office as well. Like would have to look that up but it's it's yeah i would i would yeah absolutely and i think yeah and i think they would still use that that bitumen old bitumen velodrome as a bit of a training sort of thing and you know you can't have everyone on the you know as nice as it's probably very expensive to have everyone if you're just a learner you're probably better off learning on the on that one and Mm. because i think it sort of bangs up like it's not about to fall down or all that so that is an interesting one and uh but it does tick some of the other boxes around um you know existing sporting venue and reconfiguring it, stuff like that. So, it does. It does. Yeah. That. Yeah. So another big one that's obviously a huge part that's going on at the moment is uh, Victoria Park. And I believe Ben's not here to uh, – no, sorry, I skipped one. Another one that's – and this one's been <laughs> in the uh, in the news for a while. I guess it's been rumoured around for a long time. Is something near Brisbane Airport. Where the fuck would that be? We've I've looked at this quite a few times tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I have got four options. So if it's apparently near – the Brisbane Airport site, presumably near Skygate, these are the four options. It would be either A, built on top of marshland, <laughs> B, you would knock down Dubin Racecourse. I C, think Do- Dubin would come up as a set. If you were talking Dubin, you actually, I actually have that in my list for later on. Oh, you do? Yeah. Later on. But still, like, you'd be yeah. knocking down a, a racecourse. Yeah. C, knock down the Golf Central Golf Course near Skygate, which I yeah. think is pretty new, I think. Yeah, that's only half a dozen years old. Or you knock down some sort of building out there, but I just don't see where it would fit in out there. Yeah, and it's got to be tricky to build. Like, like airports, uh, there's one main thing that you want with airports, and that's uh, not much light around, especially at night time. So you have to really work hard to get, like, and you don't want the bright lights of a stadium anywhere near a runway entrance. So, I mean, you can get the lights very down-facing, I guess, these days, and maybe it's not too much of a distraction. But, yeah, that's a... Maybe. It's a real interesting one, but it's one that keeps floating around. Maybe so. this stadium's going to have a retractable roof. I don't know. It's, <laughs> I, be, I don't think we're going to retract a roof for $60 million somehow. <laughs> oh, you, you've got to believe it's a, that's, yeah, you, you can get Bunnings Tarp for 10 bucks. Mm. <laughs> so, so there has uh, been a long-term rumour that they've built a new train station there next to the uh, next to Skygate as well. So it's in Brisbane Airport, so a long-term plan. So presumably when you're talking transport links, that would be that transport link plus you know plenty of freeway access and stuff the third one which i was just about to get onto was victoria park which of course the old golf courses in the current stages are being redeveloped at the moment uh talking about being redeveloped the golf course itself will be shut down soon and this is a brisbane city council project uh look i i strongly doubt this one it's probably a nice idea but I actually have some insider knowledge and, well, I'll have some better insider knowledge in maybe a month's time, but I have a feeling that a football stadium is not part of the grand plans of Victoria Parklands. So. I, I like where you were going with that insider knowledge because I think, I think I may know what you're talking about, but, yes, we're not going to go inside. Yeah. Look, to me, Victoria Park, because this also will start to extend, with this stadium being talked about, you do have to start to think about, okay, does it have some sort of link as well to the Brisbane 2032 Olympic Games bid? Because that's mm. that's getting talked about all all around um, all around the town. Victoria Park. I still remember the original plan of Victoria Park back after the Rio Olympics. The plan was for Victoria Park. It was it was you know a Courier Mail dumbed up article, but it was a little graphic, and it said there was going to be brand new cycling venue, brand new aquatics venue, a Little football stadium and then a big massive fuck off pineapple stadium is the big athletics venue. Yes, the pineapple stadium. The pineapple stadium. Seriously, folks, Google Brisbane 
Olympics and Pineapple Stadium, you will see what I mean. It, it is, it, if that's our Olympic Games stadium, if our city has it, <laughs> No. What's wrong with a pineapple stadium? To me, if they do use Victoria Park... Have the points as the flame. Oh, excellent. <laughs> literally, literally, <laughs> you might as well... Where, where's the big pineapple in Australia? It's <laughs> at, just, uh, at, uh, at the back of Nimble, yeah. Just, yeah, go up there. So for me, if they use Victoria Park and we were part of this, it would need to be a stadium that can be temporarily built up to a bigger size, but I don't want it to... I don't want us moving into a stadium like West Ham, say in London. Yeah, there. It's a- absolutely. Because that's and look, we 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 the whole point of this process is is meant to be about re- getting into a smaller stadium, more you know, a more boutique stadium that suits the number of people that turn up each week. Because you're going to have a lot better atmosphere and it's going to be a lot more enjoyable. So exactly, it, that, that's what this whole process is about. It's not about trying to you know get into a uh, foot into the new 80,000 seater stadium that gets built for the athletics. You know that that thing should be used for concerts and uh, and um, you know concerts and state of origin. Maybe we could knock the top deck off Suncorp Stadium or something if that happened and turn that into a. I don't think it's going to happen. But <laughs> uh, if, by that that point, I would I would just say we're better off trying to. Well, actually, a cool thing I've heard around the traps is that they may even use the Gabba. They've mm. even said the Gabba. They the literally there was something I read the other day that said. The days of the hundred thousand seater stadium mm. for Sydney is over, and but because I think we have, we actually proposed eighty for a new big new stadium, and that's where the quote came from. It's like you don't even need to do that; you only need to do sixty. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice to have an eighty thousand seater yeah. stadium for Athletics because obviously Athletics is going to sell out. But it's yeah, it, yeah, like it, we, there's not a lot of use for it in Brisbane beyond probably state of origin games on a regular basis at the yeah. moment. So, And the big thing is as well, like we'll get to in a sec, we've got a stadium that literally is doing almost absolutely nothing. Mm. But anyways, we're getting, we're getting, this is turning into the uh, yeah. Yeshiba um, yeah. Olympic Games podcast. But uh, So, yeah, so and another one that was thrown up in this, in this Regari article was the low, is just a very generic Logan Beanley corridor, which obviously sort of our training venue fits into, so it could be something you know, an extension of that down that way. Um, where, where would that... Mate, the Logan... I mean, Logan Beanley Corridor, that's that's a big area. So. Oh, it's a big area. I'm just trying to think, like... I would assume it's at our training venue area in that Met Logan Metro area. But I wouldn't call that... I would, A, not call that near CBD, and B, <laughs> would definitely not have any transport links because that hourly bus service that goes that runs for about four hours a day is uh, not what you would call a... <laughs> a I, just can't, transport I just can't think of where it would be down there just to, to like... There's a lot of land down there. There's a lot of well, there's a lot of riverbank anyway. Well, so, there is. Uh, I think that one's pretty out there. That one's just in there as a name. But th- they've said this would be building. Like it's, it's, it's taking over an existing venue. Like yeah, I, I think that's just in there as a name. That one. It's. I don't think there's a lot to that one. Let's just let's keep moving on. We've yeah. got a couple other random ones, and I think these are more probably what the public think. Like I've just picked these up from over Twitter. You know, obviously, you know, the group chats went pretty went pretty wild over the weekend. Uh, you know, when this news sort of came out. So, first one probably Langlands Park at uh, where East Rugby League's club is. That one's. Uh, I mean, I don't know if East Rugby League's are particularly keen on getting shoved over for for football, but you know, maybe as a, they could play in winter, we're playing in summer. Maybe there's something there for that. So the thing is that venue, Langlands Park, for those like for those that are to the Cooper area, if you don't know yeah, where it yeah. is, for those Northsiders that have literally no idea what it is, it's it's a little tiny stadium where East um, Rugby League Club is. 
that is the first stadium that actually starts to tick all the boxes for me. Close to the CBD, already has um, somewhat reliable public transport yeah. with the uh, little um, Eastern Busway running till there. That to me starts to tick the boxes. But the thing is, would a rugby league team happily just move out? Would this even possibly be some sort of maybe? Oh God, I don't want to suggest it, but some sort of ground sharing slash partnership between uh, a small rugby league team in the Brisbane well, think, area. And, and, yeah, maybe, but then that probably ruins one of the other objectives, which is supposedly that like football Brisbane, football Queensland wants a, you know, a real home of football, you know, sort of a little, little marquee venue that, you know, they're probably placing grand finals at and, mm. and things like that. So, and I don't think that ticks that box, but yeah, it's, it's, it is one of the, you're right, right. For many of those other things, like it's existing, many can be redone. It does tick those boxes and, and would be an interesting option. This old chestnut's floating around, Cusack. No. no, like I mean, it's. I mean, it's obviously just had the new netball uh, basketball venue built uh, at the front corner there. There is no. They're, they're meant to be tearing down some of the stands. I think uh, the end stands, at least, I believe, are meant to be coming down. That is news to me. I had not heard that. Yeah, um, I think because they're just starting. They never get used. They're starting to be too much to maintain. So they're just a safety trap. A safety death trap, and and they weren't exactly the most uh, spectacular uh, stands to begin <laughs> no. with. Like it's clearly been built as a uh, somewhat temporary venue, and uh, has just kept on. I, yeah. I just don't. It sucks for transport. Like if you want a public transport to it, it sucks. Like there's no two ways about it. Like and that's why the venue as a whole probably failed. Like yeah, there's plenty parking around, which is great when a thousand people turn up for an ACL game on on a Tuesday night, but. If you want to have 10,000, 15,000 turn up, then you need to have good quality public transport, and that just doesn't exist to that venue. So it's, it's a little bit burnt in people's minds, but you know, unless unless maybe they're planning to build another bus station potentially. I mean, there's enough buses run that way. They maybe could do a little spur off the busway. I mean, it's not that far off the busway. You can have buses run through Griffith Uni as well. But Well, actually, it's not. Maybe there's something they want to play because technically there is the uh, Griffith University um, bus yeah. station, but that's just one little station that's going to be having a whole bunch of buses. Just it's too far away. You, that's a hell of a trek from there. You'd still you'd have to run them. You'd run them to the venue. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it, that that one to me. It just I, I don't know about you. I I really hate QSAC. Just it's it's whoever thought of that venue for the Commonwealth Games was just not thinking about anything ahead of what it could possibly be used for because it's just... Yeah, I have no idea how they, how, how 50,000 or people used to get in and, or 40 or 1,000 used to get in and out of that place because it would have been a nightmare to get out. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Um, a couple other ones is obviously all the racetracks that exist. So you already mentioned sort of Doombin, and I know there's been talks around using the inside of Doombin for quite a while, and the same with Eagle Farm as well, although Eagle Farm, a lot of that went over to horse um, sort of activities. Uh, but also Albion Park, which is the one that's um, the dog track and trots track venue. So both have been talked about as sort of, I think their idea is maybe more community space than necessarily probably stadium. Mm. Uh, so, but they are still two potential options. Doombin, now that Eagle Farm's finally, I think, gotten all over all its sort of issues, Doombin is meant to be very much downgraded within the sort of racing track community of Brisbane and be more of a training track. So it could be an option. And, and you're, is, not, you're not too far from a train line. No, you're, you're only a short walk. I mean, honestly, it's, I think you probably have the same walk you really do that you currently do to Suncorp almost. Yeah. Like, Sometimes I think people forget that it is about a 10-minute walk from a train station. To, oh, maybe not Milton, but Milton's still separate. But it's not that far. I mean, honestly, looking at this here, you get off at Doombin Station, 
My maps is killing killing me. Doom in the station, and you just walk down Onslow Street. Yeah, yeah, you can walk straight into it. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's not that far. It's no, exactly, and that could be easily shut off to cars or match day and stuff like that. So that yeah. would that would also like if it is Doombin, that would then tick the CBD public transport, and then also mm-hmm. that's really that's the closest one so far that could be the ticket because it's also not too far from the Brisbane airport. So. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of talk around that for a number of years, and all sports, I think, have got their little fingers trying to get in the pie. The um, second NRL build, the Brisbane Bombers, I want to say, that was meant to be their training venue, I think, was inside of Doomboon. And I tried to ignore most of those rugby league bids. Once, when I got to the point where there was the um, Ipswich, Lockyer Valley, Toowoomba Corridor, that's (laughs) that's it, the Western Corridor bid. I was like, yeah, fair enough. So, yeah, and Albion Park, similar down here at Albion as well, so... um, the RNA, the RNA around this one would this would make a cracking location for a venue. Oh, it'd be a beautiful stadium to um, obviously it has to. obviously it has some heritage buildings, which I think would mean that it's not in the price range. I'm not sure they're particularly keen on probably. I mean, I don't know about the RNA about um, uh, squaring it off or anything like that. Um, yeah, it's it, although the left side of the field isn't necessarily much longer than 100 120 meters. It's it's not AFL size, that's for sure even though it is round. So it could possibly be, uh, could be used, but then I think they make a lot of money from concerts and sort of working around the area and there's a, there's a lot of different concerts happen and you may, you know, if you're a little bit older, you might not realise just all the sort of different concerts happen and it's sort of, I think there's a companies that, you know, they sort of organise three different festivals, mm. I should say festivals over concerts through this venue and, you know, they, they basically pick different genres and they float through over a couple of weekends and the stage sets up and things like that. So, that could be a real tricky one and, you know, access as well, things like that. So it's, yeah, sorry, the access will be fine, especially once the new Brisbane uh, and that exhibition station becomes a full-time train station. And uh, pregame would be awesome. Got the whole of the valley, you know, that unistead area to pick for pregame. So a lot of breweries nearby. Yeah, that's it. So that one would be fantastic. I just don't think that's an option, but... I hope it's always been talked to or looked at. To me, it's more that to me with that it's more the fact that it's such a heritage listed area that yeah. to me is more just would they really do anything with it? But um, it'd be hard to orientate a field on that, being conscious of the heritage and yeah. So <laughs> I like that your map has got it covered in caravans. I think. Oh yeah, completely. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's showing the true purpose. It's the exactly, uh, and that's and that's the thing. Like. You know, would we be willing to, you know, have caravans trapped all over the open for a couple of weeks a year? And uh, you know, as, as some as someone who has played for a uh, football club, very, very, very amateur, but a level, but um, who's someone who's played for a football club where it's then had on the uh, football ground a classic car festival? Yeah, you don't want. That. Yeah, the, it, yeah. And the last one I probably had was Davies Park in West End, which has been talked about in the past, but. The transport links to that one are, are an absolute nightmare. And, yeah, you could build a city cat stop there. Cool. But city cats can't transport 10,000 people. Sorry. We need a hell of a lot, lot of city cats. Yeah. Or one I mean, massive. they're not even included. They're not even included in our public transport fee. Like, you can't use a city cat to get to a Suncorp. No, that's right. It's, 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 it's actually excluded. So they're, they're obviously too expensive. They don't want that to happen. So that's the options that we've come up with. Uh, feel free to obviously send in. I mean, I think I've picked up most that I've seen across the internet after this news came out, if you've got any more, feel free to obviously join them in. And there was talk that this will obviously help probably the Women's World Cup bid, at least when the Women's World Cup is on and it happens in rugby season, mm. that this our secondary stadium could be used. If it wouldn't be A, used as maybe a training venue, then I think B, as a place where maybe the Reds or the Broncos could probably potentially play a game 
during that time, you know, play someone a smaller crowd. Well, if we're talking the Reds, that's pretty much anyone actually. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, they'd probably happily fit into our stadium. They'd probably be pretty happy with that. But you know, the Broncos they obviously get pretty decent crowds. Maybe one of their much more lower drawing teams, and so they could still have a home game in that period while the. So it, would, it would give it, it would give an option while the the women's mm. World Cup is on because we do know that the other codes get very precious when these things get talked about, isn't it? Yeah. And my other my only other thought was, well, if we've got the Olympics then you talked about that, what could the stadium actually be used for? Have you got anything do you reckon the stadium apart from the natural obvious thing of maybe being used for football, but I think Suncorp Stadium would be used for football. Well it would. I mean My thought was archery, just because I know they sort of you know, they need a bit of space and it was at Lords at London, so it's That's been true. in some other pretty weird venues. And uh, 2004, Archery was in the um, original mm. Athletic Stadium for Mates. They sort of need a long, skinny thing for Archery, so... I thought it... When, honestly, when you fir- when Pricey first mentioned me at Archery, I did for a second, I was like, you're, you're crazy. You're talking crazy. But it might work. I'm Any for- of the others speak out to you that maybe could be used? Nothing exactly for the Olympic... Bids. I mean, it's maybe for rugby sevens um, because there was talk mm. uh, for Ballymore being used at one point for rugby sevens. Um, possibly. Sorry, I just need to bear with me, folks. I'm trying to make this. I mean, oh, yeah. oh yes. Yeah. He did have this up before. It's, I mean, I would expect rugby sevens to probably go to uh, the Gold Coast Stadium like it was for the Commonwealth Games. If Suncorp Stadium is being used for, for, for football during the Olympics, I mean, some other weird ones. I don't know if it could be reconfigured into baseball or softball. Maybe. Uh, well, they did have. Well, they did have plans. They they were mm. thinking about turning the gap up into it. By the way, if you do want to find the full two hundred and sixty five page PDF that I've been trying to get through, uh, it's the Council of Mayors SEQ twenty thirty two SEQ Olympic Games and Paralympic Games feasibility study. If you're um, interested, it's a massive PDF, which is why I sound like I'm having a brain fart trying to talk to you about this right now because it's so big. Yeah. It is so, so big. I mean, there's so many sports. You know, you're up into the mid... I mean, you're, you're over 30 sports at the Olympics these days, aren't you? So, uh, once you include some of the demonstration sports the most sort of... Well, one thing they definitely said is there's definitely going to be no more demonstration sports at the... Uh, here we go. I finally, I finally found it. So... Um, yeah, rugby is in, is, is existing and that's Suncorp because tell me where there's another 52,000-seater venue. <laughs> okay, so there you go. Rugby is at the, yeah. Could be used for archery because this is interesting. They've got archery split up. The qualifications will be could be at an existing 1,000-seat venue and then the finals would be at a temporary 4,000-seater venue. Um, athletics, well, that'll be wherever... Uh, do, 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 do. So, yeah, likely be in a new stadium or maybe gather. It's yeah, I it's, think they will be in a new stadium if they get the Olympics. I mean, we, we were talking before for the Rugby Sevens, it would pros- possibly be best for that to go to uh, the Gold Coast because, yeah. of course, it's me- not meant to be just a Brisbane 2032. Yeah, it's no, meant it's to not. be a southeast Queensland. I mean, God, yeah. they're even considering having uh, mountain biking in Toowoomba, football prelims in Townsville. Yeah, so yeah, that's it. Like it, it is meant to be all over the shot, and that's the whole new Olympics motto: is actually regions hosting instead of just a city. So mm. uh, that's that's one of the the big things. While the bid, while the bid could actually get up because it it actually embraces that whole model of the whole region. And yeah, so any any other quick other sports before we sort of wrap up? Because we've no, probably talked too much. That's that's about it, really. There. I mean, the only thing I can say is that this this study says they would be a planned twenty thousand seat venue for football in Toowoomba. So it's a 
It's all out there. But look, there's some <laughs> look, good options. Southwest Queensland Thunder uh, crowds are really on the up, mate. Oh, really yeah. on the up. Got 200 fans in a uh, 20,000 yeah. stadium. Look, for me, out of that list, I would say if I'm a betting man, I would go with either Doombin Stadium or well, Doombin or Langlands Park. That's, mm. If I'm a betting man, I'll go with those two. Interesting. So, moving on to some of this other news. Ben's come back and joined us, by the way. I am, I am back. Look, Stadium Talk just gets him too emotional. Like, hey, folks, all right, it's a real trigger point for him. All right, it's just infrastructure. It really gets him going. And it would have been here all night. Let's move on. A bit of other quick news. Wellington are likely to have their contract extended, uh, their licence are extended to 2034, which is in line with all the other existing licences. <coughs> Excuse me. FFA has said it. I've started the paperwork in line with the crest from other clubs. Apparently, everyone likes their chairman, and uh, so they get staying despite missing the benchmark set. But then again, I think if any other club had pretty much had benchmark set for them over the last couple of years, most would have failed to meet them. Um, it takes this long to get their license done because it's like, you know, FIFA has to tick on it, the AFC has to tick off on it, uh, the Oceana oh, for Asia has to tick off on it. Like, everyone basically gets a say about Wellington uh, participating in the A League. So, isn't that just lovely that the whole football world? loves Wellington like this. Yeah. Really need to start the um, Antarctica Football Federation so they can... Uh, <laughs> they can have a bit of a say on uh, Wellington. Well, it gets cold enough there as well. So I don't think there's any surprises once the clubs um, sort of took over running the league that this would be... That this would happen. I, I, I didn't think of this. But one interesting thing, and I mentioned Laurie McKenna earlier in the show uh, about something he said, but he mentioned that obviously the clubs are running this league now that they have a to AF... PCA or something like that, um, or APFCA, the Australian Professional Football Club Association. That's right, yeah. They haven't met for over two months. Like, they've literally only just gotten control of this league. They're meant to be running it. Now, I hope a few emails are getting spread around and things like that, but they have not met for two months. Does that strike you as odd, Ben? Seems a little slack. Do, uh, look, define, define met. Are they maybe having... Uh, well, they have not had an official meeting of that organisation that is meant to be running the league. They're not having uh, video chat via, you know, a telecommuting? I don't know. That's that's just a statement. It was just a bit like, you know what, you've sort of worked hard and you've sort of gotten to here. And, yeah, I know the season's in track. But, like, and the point was made. And, look, you can go listen to the Fox Football podcast because they, they cover it off better than we probably can here. But, like, you know, well, what's the plan for the league? Like, obviously, we've just talked for 25 minutes about stadiums and that's something where we're going to explore and, I think that is going to be one of those things that maybe comes out of it. But where's the rest of it all going? Like, you know, the it sort of dribs and drabs comes out. Like, we've got to confirm that we'll stay top six for finals next year. Uh, you know, okay, I didn't think anyone really think it was going to go any other ways. But, yeah, it's sort of weird. It's, is, it, is it possible they've all sent an email to each other that simply goes, shit, I wasn't expecting to get that. What do we do? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's an interesting one. I mean, obviously, it's still in messiness, like, they run the league, but FA still officially runs it because of contracts with Fox. And eh, anyway, uh, we covered off on Scotty McDonald won't play against Western United during to a clause in his contract. And I had Matt Smith has officially departed the Gold Coast Knights. I'm not sure where he's off to. So add that to the free agent list that uh, Scotty McCormack had. Matt Smith, you, back in the world? No, he don't possibly just be within the um, age cap. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Matt Smith's looking to get another professional contract, so he's probably looking at the next phase of his career. So, But interesting to part literally on the start of the season, so that's um, probably not great for them. 
Uh, obviously, we talked a bit about the Olympics in sort of while I sat in chat. We have the Matildas have been going on their qualifying. They're sort of weirdly delayed qualifying. I didn't really mention that's why the Perth game actually got kicked back from the Saturday night that originally was to the Sunday to give all our Matildas that are in that squad a chance to an extra 18 hours or so recovery. Uh, but we have also had so far, obviously, 7-0 against Chinese Taipei. Uh, Caitlin Ford with the hat-trick, Steph Catley, Hayley Razzo, Sam Kerr and Katrina Gorey on the scorebooks for 7 Nil over uh, 28 shots against five. Wow. Yeah. And then just uh, the other night, Monday night, <laughs> it was 6 nil for Australia over Thailand. And uh, do you just want to read that shot count out there, Nate? Thailand 1, Australia 38. And how many letters on target? Underperforming, I'd say. Uh, 13. 13. Just, just for the record, Thailand's one shot was not on target. <laughs> yeah. And I think it came right at the end. It was from a long way out just to officially register a shot. So Emily Van Egmong picking up a hat trick uh, there. Uh, Kai Simon with the double. And Hayley Razzo on the score sheet again as well as we won 6-0. This Thailand team have fallen apart from a team that pushed us in the Asian Cup you know, less than, what, two years ago? Yeah, yeah, And yeah. went to the World Cup and, well, I don't know. That World Cup has, I think, actually done some damage. I don't know. Yeah, I think um, losing however many nil to USA has yeah, not done yeah, their development yeah. all that Yeah, it has actually pushed them back, which is a little bit sad to see. Uh, so at the moment, obviously, China has won their two games against those same two opposition, as you'd probably expect. So they're both officially eliminated. We have Australia v China coming up on Thursday night in Western, at the Western Sydney Bankwest Stadium. And so we currently have the advantage on goal difference, 13, goal, 13 plus instead of 10 plus. So a draw would see us top the group. China would uh, would need to win it to take over top of the group. Uh, it is South Korea and Vietnam who topped the other group yeah, from so, memory. So yeah. South Korea will face the runners up in this group in the double header for the Olympics, uh, home and away. And we're... Vietnam will uh, take the top team so for the final two spots at the Olympics in women's football. So let's go. Let's, uh, uh, we, should, we should back us in. Like, we should beat China, and then that would mean that we've got a home and away against Vietnam to make the Olympics. And, and you'd back us in. You'd back us in there uh, very comfortably. Honestly, if we can't beat Vietnam, we don't really deserve to be there, no. which, which would be a shame because it's a team that does deserve to be there. But. Yeah, that's it. So both of those two games have been happening out at Campbelltown, and, yeah, the next one's at Bankwest Stadium. So good quality results there for our women's Olympic team, which is, of course, the Matildas. That about does us for the news section. I don't think there was anything more else rolling around. What, you're telling me that uh, even though we uh, smashed Chinese Taipei uh, 7-0, the fact that uh, they have the uh, top goal scorer in this whole Olympic qualifier isn't news. <laughs> well, I guess they probably ran right against someone to make it to this stage. So, yeah, it yeah. probably doesn't surprise me that much. It, yeah. Anyway, women's football in Asia is still certainly developing. Still and, um, You know, that's you can only play with what's put in front of you. Peak A-League. I, I just want to chuck this one in for a bit of Peak A-League this week. The Sydney Derby cancelled early in the day due to rain. And to be fair, Sydney had a hell of a lot of rain and too much rain in many ways, but it was apparently dry enough for the Big Bash final to go ahead five kilometres away. Be interesting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And apparently Cogra has a brand new drainage system. Yeah, kind of, uh, yeah, maybe it's a brand new drainage system in the way that, uh, you know. Suncorp's drainage system was completely cleaned out after floods? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. It just struck me as weird. Look, apparently it was completely waterlogged, unplayable. Yeah, no, it's just weird that you can have a cricket game but not a football game. 
go on in the same city, a couple of kilometres apart. That is bizarre to me. Uh, it did, although, avoid the embarrassment a little bit of the uh, ABC game getting shown on ABC Me because the main ABC channel was showing the Victorian Golf Open. Can't stop that happening. Yes, but, uh, you know, the Sydney newspapers couldn't wait to put the foot in on that one. All right, a bit of social media. So you can, of course, catch us at The Rawcast on Twitter, facebook.com slash The Rawcast as well. This podcast available out on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Radio Public, Google Podcasts. Basically, if it's something that plays podcasts, you should be able to find us. And, of course, if you rate and view us, we'll, we'll read it out on the show. <laughs> let's do some tipping and let's get the hell out of here so we can all go to bed nice and early. All right. Hey. And sorry, just making my tipping sheet a little bit bigger so I can actually read it here. Friday, not only the four games in the A League this week with some Asian Champions League going on. We start with Adelaide versus Central Coast on the Friday night. And so far, it's Adelaide across the board for Dan, Dave, Rick, and myself. What says you, Yoshiba? Sorry, I need to see it on Adelaide versus Central Coast, Matt. Um, I'm going to go Central Coast Mariners. Central Coast Mariners. That is a bold tip, to say the least. There's a reason why I'm on the bottom. Yes, that is true. Benjamin, what says you? Adelaide. Yeah. Cool. Next up is Knicks versus hosting Melbourne City. Dan, Dave, Rick, all backing the Knicks. What says you, Ben? Uh, Knicks, please. Knicks. I'm going to back the Knicks as well. What says you, Yeshiba? I mean, it's slightly amazing no one's tipped City here. Yeah, Melbourne City. God, yeah. yeah. I'm either going to have the shittest week of all time or... Mm. I was a bit surprised when I was putting these all in that everyone was like, yeah, yeah, on the Knicks. Uh, Western City Wanderers hosting the Jets. A uh, little bit of a split so far in this one. Dave and Rick are on the Wanderers. Dan, the man leading our tipping, is on the Jets. Oh, I didn't actually give the scores out of what people did last week. Dan's winning by so much that it's not even a competition anymore. Don't have to go there. Yeah, literally no need. He's on the Jets. Uh, what says you, Yoshiba? Draw. Draw. Splitting it up. Ben, what says you? Um, Wanderers Jets. Yeah, draw for me as well. Draw for you as well. Two bottom place tippers picking the draw. The two top place tippers tipping the Jets, and two in the middle tipping the Wanderers. Remember, you can get your own tips in on our on our Twitter page. Uh, I believe it's actually a pretty much a three way tie between like myself, Dave, Rick, and you, the listeners. So up sort of up the top there uh, in second place. We're rounding out the round is, of course, our big trip down to Mars, out to Mars. Uh, Western United hosting us there. So far, Dan and Rick are on Brisbane. I'm going to back Brisbane as well. Dave's on the draw. What says you, Ben? Um, Look, I'm going to go with a draw, please. Draw and for your good self, Mr. Photocopier, sir. I am going to go a <laughs> draw. Draw. Go. Three on the draw, three on Brisbane. Everyone get your house on a Western United win. Moving on to the W League. It's a Sydney derby. And so far across the board, uh, it has been all Sydney. What says you, Nishiba? Um, can can we pull up the fixtures again for the um, 
The what? The, I don't the have Dummy time. League fixtures? It's Western Sydney versus Sydney. Uh, oh, hang on. Oh, you're talking about... Hang on. You're talking yeah, about the, that, the, that the, one. the fixtures. Oh, the run home? The run home. Yeah, yeah, the run home. Sorry. Yeah. This is actually something good. Kind of there you go. Nice. There you go. Right, so... I mean, I only have the ones that were relevant to the run home. I didn't have the others. There's a couple of fixtures not included in that. So, West Sydney Derby, I will go with... I'm going to back Sydney, by the way, folks. Ben? Yes, Sydney. West Sydney Wanderers, fuck it. I think that's right. Okay. So I think I know what you're going to, the sort of tipping you're going to go for. But anyway, we'll see what happens. Perth hosting a Brisbane. So far, it's a Brisbane across the board. What says you, Ben? Yep, me too. Yeshiba. Brisbane. Excellent. So it's Brisbane for everyone. Next one's an interesting one. Canberra versus Adelaide. Uh, Dan's gone for Canberra. Dave's on Adelaide. Rick's on Canberra. I'm going to back a draw. What says you, Yoshiba? Yeah, not Kia. Uh, Canberra, Canberra. And for you, Ben? Canberra versus Adelaide. Canberra at home. Ooh, oh man, that's actually a really tight one. Mm. I'm going to go with the draw for that one. Excellent. Joining me on the draw and rounding out the round is the Melbourne Derby. So far, Dan has gone for the victory. Dave and Rick are on Melbourne City. What says you, Ben? Gonna have to go with the city there. Yeah. And what says you, Yeshiba? Uh, gonna go a draw. Draw. Okay. And I'm gonna back Melbourne City. That will about do us for this week. That's more than enough content. Hopefully, enjoyed our in-depth discussions on stadium options around Brisbane. Thank you very much for joining me for all that. Good sir. You're most definitely welcome. Hey, Mr. Ben Clark. Thanking you, kind James. No worries. And uh, shout out to Danny Butts uh, out in the middle of nowhere this week. Actually, and another shout out as well to obviously the man, the, the measurement of time himself, Mr. Dan Hoven. His life is now oh. going to get a lot longer because he did actually have a baby boy on the weekend. Born, I, I think, just about as well scoring our goal, goals on the weekend. So well done to Dan and his partner, Brooke, as well. Congratulations from us here at the Rawcast. That will do us. We'll catch you all again next week, listeners. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.